Welcome to the Playing Injured Podcast, where we have conversations to help people turn their adversity into their advantage. Hey, folks. Welcome to another episode of Playing Injured. Uh, I'm sitting here with a good friend of mine, uh, somebody who I've gotten to know fairly well over the last year and a half or so uh, in his entrepreneurial journey. Uh, Eli, Eli, welcome to welcome to the call today. Yeah, Mason. Thanks for thanks for having me on. I uh, I really appreciate it. It's always a good time chatting with you. For sure, man. So um, we'd love to just maybe start out with, uh, I know we're going to talk a little bit about this uh, concept of side hustles or side ventures, building something outside of your career, and kind of wanted to pick your brain, uh, kind of go back and forth a little bit today. Um, so why don't you just give a little bit of kind of why you cho- chose to start diversifying beyond your, your job and some of your mindset there? Yeah, absolutely. We can we can definitely jump into that, Mason. Um I'd love to love to get a little bit of your perspective, though, because, you know, for for folks listening to this, I might have, um, you know, shared this with folks and might have talked a little bit about some of the people that I've been connected with. And Mason, you are one of those folks, right, Um, that I've gotten to know through some mutual connections. And uh, that's really, you know, those connections and and the people that I've gotten around have really made a huge impact in my life. So um, you've just always been someone that I've been kind of chasing the lifestyle of, right? Um, both you and your wife and, and some of the people that you're connected with have just really great lifestyles that I've been chasing down. So excited to kind of pick your brain a little bit and chat with you on, you know, the, the paths you've taken and any type of, you know, advice that you have for, for people out there. Um, so I can share a little bit of my story, but you know, why I started side hustles and struggles that I faced, but I'd love to just hear from you, someone who's a little bit more seasoned in the, in the entrepreneurial world, you know, what the, what the heck you, you did it for and, and um, a little bit about your journey. Yeah, you bet, man. No, that that's good. We'll have a little bit of a discussion here and, you know, it's, it's neat because I think you bring up a good point. You know, you and I are just in different seasons of our journey, right? I've, I've been uh, building side, side ventures for the last 10 years um, outside of my career. Uh, my wife retired at 27, and uh, from her HR career, we got completely debt free in the process. And then my, um, you know, I'm partially retired now at 35 and I have a goal to be done here by 36. And, and through that journey, because of the impact that we've had on our, been impacted by in our life, um, we've been able to systematically start to help more people do that, which is the most fulfilling work we'll do. So a couple of thoughts I have just to kind of set the stage is if you're going to do something outside of your career, make sure that it is something that makes money differently than a job. Totally. Right. So I think so many people go to start a little side side hustle, side venture, but they don't really think about like, okay, great. More money isn't going to solve the problem probably. In fact, what you're doing is you're basically just picking up and you're going, you're going to the same thing again. And, and you're just taking more time out of your life versus building something that's really, you can automate over time. You can create more of a residual passive income from, I mean, the truest, and just a level set, the truest form of true passive income is making your money work for you, right? Where you just don't have, that's, that's actual true passive income. But you can build systems and you can leverage existing systems that are out there. And so that's what we did. Um, we leveraged the e-commerce space, not because we loved it, not because we we're good at it, not because um, we knew much about it. We just saw it as a practical way for us to get in the game low cost um, and get something going. And we scaled that to a million dollars plus in revenue, which 
honestly isn't that impressive in the e-commerce space. That's kind of your standard business if you're if you're building something. But what was more impressive that we thought was cool was that we automated about 80% of it. And so we don't have to touch it anymore. And it just creates income for us. And that's how we've been able to kind of set ourselves up to re- retire early. Um, so yeah, Eli, tell, tell us a little bit about your why. What was driving you in those early stages and, and kind of what's keeping you going today? Yeah. I mean, I think my why and the reason that I've kind of pursued entrepreneurship or business is pretty similar to to most folks. I think the difference is I've taken action on it, right? Um, you know, I, I think for me, the, the biggest thing was starting to get into my corporate career and seeing that everybody's life for the most part was exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You know, every single engineer, they might have turned right out of work, turned left out of work. Or their wife might have been named Shirley or Karen, but they had the same life. And it wasn't a life that I was like super energized about pursuing, or at least not as energized as I thought I was going to be when I when I chose that path. Um, so yeah, I just kind of came to the realization that like, hey, if I'm going to live how I actually want to live, I need to, or how I want to live, I need to do something different than like the path that I'm on, which was a struggle. Um, but so I started kind of, looking around, you know, keeping the ears open um, for people who would talk about side hustles and, and things like that. And ultimately got connected to um, a couple of different people who've really created a lot of success. Actually, it's it's funny that that we're talking, Mason, because the, the person who's really helped me the most in, in my journey, a couple by the name of Mike and Kelsey, like you've taught them everything that they know. So, right. So that's like our our relationship, Mason. Um, and how we know each other. So super fortunate that you were able to, you know, teach them, uh, you know, some of the, some of the systems and platforms and things like that, that, that you've known, cause I've benefited greatly from their influence and their, um, you know, leadership. But that was really the turning point for me is when I got around people who had created a ton of success in their early twenties, you know, uh, late twenties, early thirties, things like that. And, and genuinely had the lifestyle that I was like, Oh, that's that's possible out there, right? And that kind of took the blinders off for me for being like, hey, this is just like a you know social media fad or something that's glorified all over all over the internet to be like, you know, this is a real real possibility and something that Eli could do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think as I've just watched you grow in this space, and I think this is super important for people to understand, is that you have to be pretty outcome focused. So what I think a lot of people do in their early stages in their career, including yourself, is you chose a career probably based on what you were good at, Uh, based on maybe what, you know, people told you, hey, you're good at math and maybe some science or whatever. So you kind of chose this career path based on what you're good at versus when it comes to building something that's going to create a different lifestyle for you different outcome for you, you have to create an outcome focused mindset and be willing to go through the skills that you need to learn to create that. And so in the e-commerce space, which, which isn't the only way to create residual passive income outside of your career, it's just the way we chose because it was very pragmatic, low cost, didn't have to quit our day jobs. I think those are similar reasons for you too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, But that meant we had to, what we had to do was get outside our comfort zone quite a bit Mm -hmm. and do things that we had never done before. So um, I think that's a pretty big gap. The other big gap, and and maybe you can hit on this, is 
just this level of like, just because you haven't heard of somebody doing it before, you haven't met of somebody, somebody doing it before, doesn't mean it's not possible. So I would love to hear from your perspective, as you are starting to evaluate your options for doing something outside of your career, and you started to meet, you know, Michael, and and I don't know if we interacted at that time or not, but maybe you got some exposure to, to some of the people that Michael's been influenced by. Um and maybe read some books, listen to some podcasts, yeah. um, any recommendations that you would give people who are kind of trying to figure out, Hey, do I want to do something on the side? You know, what, what, how'd you go about that evaluation process for you? Yeah, totally. And I think to set the stage a little bit, I think I'll share with, with whoever's listening, maybe a little bit of a, a struggle that I had. And that really empowered me to like learn the lesson, right. That I'll, I'll kind of share. Uh, my journey was, was, not super um, positive the whole way, right? And I think a lot of people starting the entrepreneurship or entrepreneurial world face that, right? My to be real, real, real transparent with you, Mason. Like my family doesn't have a background in in business or entrepreneurship or anything like that. So when I kind of identified that, hey, the lifestyle that I want isn't something that engineering can create for me. Like there was a lot of pushback, and honestly, like not a ton of support from my family. And like, I'm a family guy. That's a huge value of mine. So that was like really difficult for me and everything that I had done, you probably can relate to this. I had been applauded for previously in my life. Totally. Right. Like athletic background, everyone applauds for that. Decided to go get an engineering degree. Everyone applauds for that. Got a really good job. You know, everyone applauded for that. And then when I decided that, Hey, maybe that's not what I want to do with the rest of my life or how I want to live. Like, there was a not not too much support and there was a lack of applause there. And that was hard for me, right? Because I'd never, never seen that before. But what it really made me learn, Mason, is that like that negativity was coming from a place of love from my family. And that kind of that helps, right? That helps helps a ton when you're dealing with that. And it helped me realize that because it's coming from a place of love. I was able to understand that it was just because they had no experience in that space, right? They were educators for 40 years. So of course they don't have a ton of background in entrepreneurship or are, are relatively risk adverse, right? So they just want the best for their baby boy, right? And so I had to really start evaluating like the, my circle of influence, honestly, Mason. 100%. And figure out, hey, these people that are influencing me, are they influencing me in the direction of the life that I actually want to create or not. And then I had to consciously choose that circle of influence. And then then, like, I don't want anyone here to like go estrange their family. I have a great relationship with my family apart from just maybe it's not having a ton of support in a certain area of my life, but it's like in very specific areas of my life, I had to really choose who was going to influence me. And I think the answer to your question, sorry for being a little long winded Mason is that when I met Mike and Kelsey, I got really, really clear that, hey, they have the lifestyle that I'm really searching for. And then I just opened the floodgates and allowed them, really worked really hard to get them to influence me, but then opened up and just let them influence me, which I think is one of the harder things for for a lot of folks to do. And I'm really happy that I did that. It's made all the difference in my life. 100%. I mean, it's such a good point, Eli, because at the end of the day, just because somebody loves us doesn't mean they have the tools to empower us. Totally. 
And I think what a lot of people will do, and, and, you know, I'm sure, you know, anybody that you're talking to or potentially helping out Eli at this point in your journey and, and kind of giving your perspective and guidance to, which I know you're doing a lot of that lately is, is kind of giving back what you've been given, which is yeah. really amazing to see and kind of the, the culture that we've cultivated here on playing injured and, and within, you know, the communities that you're part of, um, is, I think a lot of people will chase after what they can do versus really thinking about who they can follow and who they can learn from to then determine what to do. And I think that's the route you ended up taking. Now, were you consciously doing that? No, you were probably Google, YouTube, and trying to figure out what you could do. <laughs> but then you happen to just keep your, you're open, you're looking. And so somebody came, you came across somebody and then you started following more of the who. And then as a function of that, the what and the how came over time. Right. Yeah. I think that that's something that a lot of people struggle with. I mean, you hit on that perfectly, Mason. It's everyone is looking for the next, you know, the next thing or the cool thing or the product or the idea that they can capitalize on. And, you know, it might not be, it might be countercultural, but like, I'm just such a big fan of like finding people who have created what you want out of life, not necessarily only monetarily. Like that's important, but like for me, the other values that people were able to create were a lot more important. So it might be countercultural, but I'm like a huge fan of finding people who live like you want to live and then just trying like the devil to like get in their back pocket. Cause that's been my journey. Like I, you know, like you said, you and and your wife are not super crazy about e-commerce. I'm not crazy about e-commerce. I'm not crazy passionate about it. But what I am really, really passionate about is the life that it's going to create for me. And I think that's what's more important than the, the what you're doing. It's the, it's the what it's going to create for you and your family and the people that you can ultimately influence in your life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about this, because if you're listening to this, you likely have either a started, just started to think about passive income, doing something on the side that can create a different outcome for you, or B, you've already thought about some things and you've explored your options. So let's just be straight up with what are the options, right? Yeah. So a couple of options, uh, traditional investments, uh, investing in 401ks, Roth IRAs, and then taking that money and, and potentially going even bigger into the investment game. Okay. That's option. That's an option. Um, making your money work for you through just investments and becoming really good at that. Second thing, real estate. Um, so there's different ways to scale in real estate. You could do the house hacking thing. You can do the Airbnb thing. Uh, you could do, um, you know, flipping houses. Yeah. I mean, flipping houses, there's a million different things you can find on any, any social media platform. Yep. So real estate is another avenue, um, that you could go down. And then really the third avenue in our, our opinion, based on what I've seen out there is, is scaling some sort of business. Okay. Some, some, some business likely. If you're going to do it, I would recommend do it in, in the e-space, e-learning space, e-commerce e, e space, something that you can scale and automate and over time, right? So those are your three options. The first two, the biggest downfall typically and why you and I are in the routes we're in is because of capital. Yep. Simply, it's just because of um, being risk adverse to capital investment. But one of the things I thought you said was interesting, Eli, um, was that and and you know as I was getting to know you is you said that you're risk adverse into the point where that's why you wanted to start a side hustle. You want to speak to that <laughs> totally. a little bit? 
Yeah. Not the capital side of things with the side hustle, but actually you started a side hustle because you were risk adverse. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that risk adverse has like a, maybe a little bit of a negative connotation, <clears throat> excuse me, in like the entrepreneurship world. Um, but like, here's, here's what I see a lot of, a lot of people understand logically that you know, starting a side venture might be the way to go. And, and a smart thing to do. But then I hear a lot of like, oh, I'm just like really into, or I think it's really important to invest in my long-term future, or I'm really risk adverse. And like, I agree with you. I think you should be investing into your long-term future, your retirement and things like that. But I'm like so risk adverse, Mason, that I'm almost like guaranteed that there's going to be a job issue if I were to just work for 35 years. Right. And I know like you can speak on that to integrity because you've a little bit, I know a little bit of your story. You've dealt with that, right? Absolutely. And so I just think that like those two things being risk adverse and being a, a good corporate employee and starting a side venture or being entrepreneurial are not mutually exclusive. Like you can have a really good career. And that's actually really interesting. Everyone that I know who's had a lot of success in the entrepreneurship world has had extremely successful careers has or have had at one point, right? Because a lot of people ultimately leave, right? That's the goal. Um, but they've had really successful careers. But that doesn't mean that bad things don't happen in that space. And so I wanted to create a little insurance for myself. In the case of something happening at work or something happening to me where I can't work, I then have assets that you know any future family that I'm blessed enough to have can live off of, or at least it can help them. And, and worst case scenario, Mason, I, I totally believe this. If you're at least working to build something outside of your day job and you lose your job, you're going to be so much further ahead of everyone else who just lost their job in your industry. Cause that's the way that things work nowadays is like a whole industry, a whole section of departments gets cut in industry. Look at what happened in tech. So like Mason, if you lose your job in it at Facebook, Guess how many other people, thousands and thousands of other IT tech Facebooky people are now searching for a job that you have to compete with. Yep. So worst case scenario, you have built up extremely marketable skills that put you ahead of 95% of the other candidates out there. So in my mind, it was like risky not to start building side ventures or additional income streams. Absolutely. No, it's so good. I mean, it's not only what you're saying there is it's not only diversified income, it's diversified skill set. It's diversified totally. abilities. It's as an engineer, can you do something that gets you outside your comfort zone that most engineers don't do? And we're just in a time. You're right. We're in a time where it's, it's you know, um, it's more risky to have one source of income than it is to have multiple. We're huge believers and have multiple sources of income. And so now you got to start exploring it. So here's what I would tell you, if you're listening to this and you had a chance to interact with Eli, what I would do if I were you, because I was you at one point, is I would pick his brain a little bit more. I know we've been a little bit high level on some of the concepts here today in terms of what you need to do, but ask him for some books, some, some things he would recommend. And then do this thing, this really amazing thing that, um, you know, a lot of people take for granted in life, but ask for some help, yeah. right? Because that's what you did. That's what I did. Yeah. Neither of us come from like entrepreneurial backgrounds. We just said, hey, 
we realize where we're at. We realize we want where we want to go. We know there's some gaps and we need some help. And we are willing to just humble ourselves, let go of, you know, our egos and, and get some help. And, and if that's not you and you're not in that space right now, that's totally fine. But I think that that would be my biggest advice uh, to, to kind of help you take that next step forward. Um, Eli, anything else you want to wrap up with or any other thoughts that you have? No, I, I don't think there's too much. I, I don't want to get too long um, on here, but I just think, you know, in general, kind of maybe as a, some closing thoughts, I think that a lot of people in the corporate world understand logically, it might make sense to diversify, but then they look at the cost of doing that, right? Not being able to attend the beer league, you know, beer, beer league softball, you know, games or not going out on a Wednesday night happy hour, or maybe investing a couple of hundred bucks or, or whatever that looks like. Um, and they look at that cost, but a lot of people don't look at the opportunity cost of not doing anything, Mason. And that's what I'll probably challenge most people out there who are listening to this. Cause if you're listening to this, you probably have thought of right. Some, at, at least it's crossed your mind that it might be, be logical. So maybe I'll at least point people in the right direction and maybe think of the opportunity cost of what you're giving up for yourself or your future family by not diversifying and not putting yourself in a position where um, you're at least able to, you know, hedge against what could happen in your life and best case scenario, create a really, really amazing life. Like I've seen, you know, you and your wife create Mason. Our brand design and strategies by Tessa at fivefootstudios.com. You can also follow her on Instagram at fivefootstudios. Our music is by Lakey Inspired. Go ahead, subscribe so that you never miss an episode and click the five stars to give us a rating. And most importantly, keep playing it.